Okay, all the little kids are out of the room, right? We sent the little treasures out. Okay. Why do you eat your vegetables? Why? Because if you eat your vegetables, you get... No, stronger? You get dessert. <laughs> if you eat your vegetables, you get dessert. What kind of families did you people have? <laughs> you eat your vegetables because then you get dessert. <sighs> if you make it through the work week, right? If, if you put in your time Monday morning and you make it through Friday afternoon, what do you get? You get the weekend. Okay, you're, you're doing better. All right, freshman year. If you can make it through freshman year, if you, if, you can just, if you can just last a little bit longer, if you can just, just go a little bit further, eventually you get to move up that ladder and you get to be an upperclassman, right? No. That's not how it works. No one? That's how it works. If you pass freshman year, people, you move up and you get to be a sophomore and then eventually, junior, and then eventually you get to be a senior. Eventually you get to be the big person. You know, eventually you don't even fit in the locker anymore and that's a good thing. We go through life that way, right? We go through life just kind of putting in our time, just kind of eating our vegetables, just kind of doing those things that we don't want to do because somewhere on the other side is dessert. Somewhere on the other side, if, if, I, just, if I can just hold on a little bit longer, I make it to the weekend, right? How much of our lives is spent in things that we don't want to do? How much of our time is spent, just, just endure it. Just put up with it, just make it through because someday it's going to get better. We do that, right? That's, that's how I make it through some days. You know, if I can make it through this day, then I can go home and I'm, I'm gonna sit down in my chair for about five minutes before someone gets me back out of my chair and, and I'm just gonna sit and I'm gonna watch something on TV and I don't even know what it's gonna be and I don't care because I'm just gonna, oh, you know, there's that reward. There's that thing that you think about. There's that thing that, that gets you through the day. For too long, that's kind of been the mentality that Christians have had about this world. That's kind of been how we've, we've thought about things. If we can make it through this life, if, if, we can just, if we can just endure, if we can just hold on, someday, someday it's all heaven. Right? Someday it's all good. Someday we get to the place God really wants us to be. And we kind of wrestle with those things. We wrestle with the fact that, that we're here right now and there, there are things that, that aren't the way they're supposed to be. You know, and, and we look ahead. And it, if you have that hope, you, you look ahead and you think about heaven, you're like, oh, I wish, I wish we could just skip ahead to the ending. You know, I wish I could just move past these cooked carrots and get on to pie. When we read today from uh, first, uh, Philippians, the first chapter, if you have your Bible, I'd like you to open it up. Uh, if not, we have some in the back, or you can follow along on the screen. But Philippians chapter 1, we're going to start about 18b and go through 26. Paul is wrestling with that same thing. This isn't something new to us that we've just, we've just recently started asking these questions. Paul writes this letter sitting in prison and awaiting trial. And the trial's gonna go one of two ways. They can find him guilty and decide that, that they don't like what he's done and they can execute him, or 
They can say, you know, you, you haven't really done anything wrong, and they can let him go. For most people awaiting that trial, you kind of know what you're hoping for, right? You're kind of hoping, kind of hoping that you don't get sent uh, to, to execution. You're kind of hoping that you get off. Paul has a conversation with himself uh, through these, and I want you to look at the difference between what he sees going forward in these two paths. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, if I'm to go on living in, in this life, in this way, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yeah, what shall I choose? And the word choose is, he doesn't really have a choice here. What do I prefer? That's, that's what he's asking. What do I want? Do I want to stay? Do I want to go? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. And I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. Paul finds himself in that same place where we are. I mean, if he looks at his life, right now he's sitting in jail. The only food that he gets to eat is stuff that people from outside send him. So there, there's a very real chance that people who are waiting in jail starve if no one cares enough to help them out. Paul has been hungry. He's been thrown in prison before. He'll be thrown in prison again. He's been driven out of almost every city that he goes to. He's been shipwrecked. People seem to like to just pick rocks up and throw them at Paul. You know, that's, that's what happens in this life. And, and so he looks at what's coming up. He looks at the trial, and he thinks, you know, execution means, execution means I get to be face-to-face -face with Jesus. For Paul, the last time he was there, you know, the, the last time Jesus appeared to him, he was blinded. You know, can you imagine how much he wants to stand before Jesus and, and still be able to see? The last time he heard Jesus' voice ringing in his ears, it changed the course of his life. Can you imagine how much he wants to get to the point where, where he can hear Jesus whenever he wants to? You know, he can just walk up and have a conversation with him. Oh, and by the way, they're going to stop throwing rocks at you in heaven. And, you know, you'll, you'll not be hungry all the time. But for him, the, the big motivator about heaven is that's where Jesus is. Does it seem like much of a choice at this point? You know, what, what shall I choose? I do not know. Really? You haven't figured that out? I mean, that, that should be an easy one. If I'm thinking about it, life here on earth for Paul, life in heaven for Paul. I think the choice that, that, that we expect him to make, the thing we expect him to say is, of course I want to go to heaven. That's, that's it. I'm going to walk in there and I'm just going to tell them I did it. Because that's what I want to happen. I, I want I want to depart. I want to be with Jesus. Christians desire that. I mean, heaven is, it is 
it is everything that he writes about. It is everything that he hopes for. It is everything that the songs say. The problem comes, the problem comes when we look at this life as just being the vegetables. This life just being, you know, Monday mornings in freshman year. When we think about this life as just that, that thing that we get through before heaven. You know, I, I think a lot of the times we've, we've had this mistaken impression that we're here basically just as some kind of giant waiting room. You know, we're, we're on this earth not really for a purpose other than just to keep us waiting because someday we get to go to heaven. Because someday we, we get to go and be with God where he really wants us to be, where he's really intended us to be. You know, that, that affects how we live, right? If we're, if we're just here passing through, if we're just here choking down life like vegetables, they make you strong. <sighs> if we're just here choking down life like vegetables, waiting for, for the dessert of heaven someday, we miss so much of what God intends for us to see, so much of what, what God plans for us in this life. I mean, when, when Paul looks at this passage, and if, if you read the book of Philippians, the word that he says over and over and over again is joy. I, I rejoice because of this. I want to increase your joy. Rejoice in everything. He is full of joy, not just because of what's coming someday. He is full of joy now in this life. Too often, if, if we think about the only place where we're ever going to encounter joy, the only place we're ever going to find joy as being in heaven, we miss the fact that God created this world, that God intends for us to enjoy this world. I mean, he made this beautiful creation. And, and for us to just ignore that, for us to ignore the, the, the joy in, in kids falling asleep in your arms or you know, birds singing or our fall weather, you know, we, we miss what God intends for us in that. How often, when Christians have talked about the environment through the ages, have they said, why do we need to care for the world that's all going to burn anyway? Has anyone else heard that? I don't see that mentality in the Bible. I don't see the mentality that we don't have to, to be good stewards of this world that God created because in the end it's just going to be destroyed. You know, that, that's not what he put us here for. How often, how often do we see that mentality carried out to other people? How often do we see the mentality that, that we don't have to build relationships with people outside of the church or outside of the community of faith because those relationships aren't really going to last anyway? You know, because we're just passing through this world. Because we can just ignore the things that don't pertain to heaven. When you think about Paul, the struggle for him, I mean, he wants to go to heaven just as much as you and I and, and probably more. He wants that. He desires that. But he's torn between the two because God, God has a purpose for here, him here on earth. God has a plan for what Paul is to be doing, and it's to be enjoying the world. It's to be caring for the world. But most of all, what Paul says in here is that it's to be caring for and encouraging and bringing joy into the lives of the Philippians. God has a plan here for him to be used, to go out and, and to serve and to carry the news of Jesus into this world that's, that's just full of those moments that, that we feel like we want to escape. 
God has that same plan and purpose for us. We are not here just to put in our time until heaven comes. Being, being a Christian is not just about being saved so that you can get into heaven and then, and then you just wait it out. You know, being a Christian means that, that God, God is transforming you. God is changing you. In a way, what it means to live the Christian life is to be a bridge between that, that someday of heaven and that, that, that right now. In a way, to be a Christian is to look ahead toward, toward all that good that we hope for, all that good that we wait for, and to bring a little bit of that, a little bit of the kingdom of God into those moments where everything just seems kind of gray and dark. Think about your week. Where in your week do you feel like you're just, just putting in time? Where in your, your week do you feel like you're just, just going through the motions? Where in your week are you surrounded by people who have that attitude? You know, at, at work, at school, at home? What does it look like for you to be just a, a glimpse of heaven? In that place? What does it look like for you to, to bring a little bit of the, the joy of God, a little bit of the, the presence and light of God into that situation? You know, when, when Jesus rose from the dead, we say that he's already won. We say that he's, he's, already, he's already transformed things. The victory is there. We're just waiting for it to be kind of completed and, and finalized and, and, and brought to fulfillment. But in the meantime, in the meantime, Christians are to be a, a foretaste of that. We're to look ahead toward the point where, where heaven comes over the whole earth and we're to be just a, a glimmer of that in the midst of those moments where, where we feel like just escaping. One of, the things, one of the things that's kind of unique about Christianity is that, that a lot of religions in the world teach that you need to separate the spirit out from the body and that that's how, that's the end toward which we move. You know, what, what we want to attain is the point where, where we can just take the spirit out of this, this, this body that holds it back, right? And that's kind of seeped into Christianity sometimes. Sometimes that's what we think heaven is. That we just get our spirit and we get rid of, of this body, we get rid of this life, we get rid of everything physical and material and that's when everything is okay. That's when everything is better. What we believe and teach and what we read in scripture about the resurrection is that you have a body there. Heaven is a, a physical, material place. One of the beautiful things about the sacraments is that we, we celebrate a spiritual reality with, with physical elements. You know, we believe that Christ spiritually marks people in the water of baptism. That, that just in the way that water cleanses a body, that it's Christ who cleanses a person. Just in the way that, that we, we eat the communion, we drink the communion, and we take it into our bodies, that, that the spirit of Christ communes with us in communion. That we're united with him in, in some mysterious way that, that honestly I don't, I don't completely understand. You know, the, the goal of our faith the goal of our faith is not to leave behind this world. It's not to leave behind 
the, the physical. It's just to bring the spiritual into that presence, to bring the spiritual into that midst, to bring the spiritual into those, those times in our day that just seem so mundane and so dry and so vegetable. You know, to just bring a slice of pie and plop it down on the plate in the middle of the vegetables. That's, that's what we get to do. When Paul says, when Paul says he's going to uh, continue living, I don't know which I want. I'm torn between the two, but it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. It's more necessary for you that if Christ, if Christ gives us this time, as much time as he chooses to give us, that we get to be here in this body, we get to enjoy this body, we get to care for the world, but most of all, most of all, we get to care for other people. Most of all, we get to be the presence of Christ in this world. We get to be a, a foretaste of heaven. Let's join together in prayer. Father God, I confess, we confess that, that sometimes we're just passing through. Sometimes we're just we're just too focused on what's to come and, and we miss what it is that you have for us in the here and now. Sometimes, sometimes we forget that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. God, I pray for your people and I pray that we could be that bridge to heaven in the here and now, that we could just bring a little bit of you into those moments. I pray that, that for all the days, all the hours that you give us, uh, that we could be fully present in those, that we could be looking ahead uh, toward our time face-to-face -face with you, but that that doesn't take us out of this world, but, Lord, that, that that sends us back into the world for you. And, God, we pray that you would help us in the next few minutes uh, to stop and to think about where it is you're calling each of us to do that. Spirit, we ask that you speak to us. Amen.